Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. This is Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. I know that the topic is controversial and people get all up in arms if you ask questions, but I think I want to go through the process I've had to go through in the last four years at the Wildflower Bee Farm and get to the point where, as of today, I'm going to tell you we're treatment-free and I'm going to tell you why and why I think it's a path that uh, we should all be adopting. Um, I've been busy listening, and, and for years, probably two or three years, I've, I've listened to Dr. Leo Sharashkin who was uh, very big on horizontal hives. In fact, he has a, uh, a site uh, named at horizontalhive.com, I believe it is. And he's from Russia, and he was brought up in Russia and then came to the United States to do a doctoral degree in forestry, uh, I believe in Missouli, Missoula, Montana, I believe it is. And now he's in the Ozarks and he has a treatment-free uh, honeybee operation. He's very inspirational. And I was listening to a video uh, the other day that he had done. I listened to this a number of times. And, you know, when you read a book over and over or listen to a video, you get different things out of it. And he said something about Cuba, that for over 20-plus years, Cuba has not treated honeybees for any diseases, mites, foul brood, anything. There, there's been no treatment in, 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 in Cuba. And it was government sanctioned. Uh, beekeepers have to, you know, keep their bees on a government site. It's very regulated. And so you'd wonder, well, for 20 years, an entire country does not treat for varroa mites. And they had them. They had many mites initially when they started this program or started this, I should say, uh, making it illegal to treat uh, bees with pesticides and hormones and all the things that are treated, our bees are treated for in this country, of Canada and the United States. Turns out, Cuba now has the largest population of varroa-resistant and disease-resistant bees on the planet that they have, uh, each hive produces in excess, they say, of 70 kilograms or probably 140, 150 pounds of honey. So it is a commercial honey business that they do as a government. But the lesson is nature, by allowing those bees to adapt, oh, and they also say the bees are not aggressive, they're not Africanized, which is fine, but I think a little bit of aggression is healthy when it comes to the bees staying healthy. But long story short, this country has 20 plus years, and, and there's articles published, scientific articles on this. I just read a, a great article on this, where they've done studies on what, it is, what is it about these bees. And it's, it's just like that short clip I showed where the bees were, a bee was hauling out an infected drone brood, 
and and you can read more about it. But the bottom line to it all of it, all of this is, when you look at what we're doing to our bees, we are killing them in North America when we provide them with all of these assistance to keep them alive, whether it's feeding them sugar water, whether it is giving them miticides two, three, sometimes four times a year, whether it's um, putting them in barns in, in, in you know cold climates so that they don't get so cold, um, doing just, you know, grafting queens and, 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 force, and killing, you know, clipping queens uh, so they can't um, swarm and so on. We are killing bees. Now, on a personal note, I had a hard time moving to not treating bees. You know, I started my agricultural life, I guess, as a farmer. And, I, you know, we would spray for, for pesticides. We would spray our, our cherries because if you don't spray a cherry back in the day and you take a bite and you get this nice white grub in a cherry, you're not going to eat it. Now, sweet corn, you can break off the tip and it's, it's okay, but... You know, fruit you have to spray. At that time, we thought we had to spray. So, and then when I started beekeeping, I was brought up in the whole livestock beekeeping idea that you do need to treat or all of your bees will die. In fact, people around here still say that to me. Your bees are going to die, you know, because you don't treat them. And even though we do treat, have treated, last year you see some of the videos I used, thymol. And even though you could argue it's a herb, it's still treatment. And I'll get to the infrared and some other things we do, but the 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 just here at the wildflower bee farm stopped officially um, this year anyway. But the um, Darwinian uh, bee black box technique requires a bit of treatment the first year, which would have been our last year, uh, where I did use some thymol, and actually I I had some leftover formic that I put on a few hives, and they didn't survive. Uh, about 50% of those did not survive. So the, the main losses we had were hives that we had treated. No, not, not, not surprising. Uh, so that's not happening anymore. Uh, and it's because I feel, you know, I shouldn't have taken this to give me this confidence. And I think most of you who listen to this, if you're a conventional beekeeper, that's fine, a livestock beekeeper. But, you know, if you, if you think of what we're doing to the bees, um, it's just not working. Um, Beekeepers who have isolated areas where they have been doing um, natural selection, whether you call it the Darwinian bee black box technique, whatever you want to call it, it takes about four to five years. Now, I don't know if we're going to get there because we do have other conventional bees around us and, and it's going to dilute the ability of the bees to do what they need to do, but sure are going to try. And we sure hope that... Um, if you have, if you doubt this, you know we're talking commercial thousands of bees hives in America. In the, I believe it's the um, Weaver uh, apiaries uh, down south in Texas, an area that that now are uh, have a division that's completely treatment free. Uh, we should, if we all did it, we'd be there in four or five years. Now, why aren't we doing it? Well. Governments have been inundated, in, in, in the provincial governments, inundated with this belief that you need to use pesticides. In fact, there's even talk of um, vaccines, God help us, for bees. Um, I don't know how you do that since bees in the, in the summer, new generations happen every six weeks. I guess you'd be vaccinating every six weeks. Wouldn't that be great if you own that company that produced those vaccinations? But I'll stop there. Um, and I'll add this point that... Even where there are Varroa, 
mites, and those varroa mites are, are claimed to have killed the bees. They're not killing the bees. Now, please take a step back for a minute. Um, I, I received um, three injections for COVID vaccinations, so I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I also, because I'm older, got my pneumonia shot, my shingle shot. So one, I think in one very brief time period, I had like seven vaccinations. Most of my most of my COVID symptoms came from the vaccinations, not from actually getting COVID twice, which I did. Um, and I had COVID before it even you know, was even vaccinated. I had it in December um, before it even was announced because I got it on a plane and the symptoms were all the same symptoms, no taste, all that stuff. Anyway, long story short, COVID took out people who were... Um, a significant number of people, I should say, who had pre-existing conditions or had other weakened immune systems or had other difficulties not related to COVID. Yet COVID would have been put on the death certificate. It's the same when we look at honeybees. When you look at a honeybee hive and they look at it and they say, oh, it was Varroa because they had deformed wing disease and all these other issues, these viruses that, you know, Varroa made them weaker and then they succumb because of that. That's not true. A University of Michigan study just came out not that long ago that said it's about habitat, food, nutrition, which makes the bees hardier and helps them fight disease that often are brought on by things like Varroa. Varroa don't want to kill. They, they do not want to kill their hosts because then they die. They're parasites. They want, the, they want the bees to live. And I said that the very first time we started talking about mites. I said, but I'm a bit confused how is a beehive being killed by varroa good for varroa mites? And the answer is it's not. And that's why it makes no sense. And when something doesn't make sense, you have to ask more questions. So sadly, I have to say we are killing our bees in North America. We are. Uh, and if you don't believe the, the pockets of European research or the Darwinian bee black box research, if you don't believe what's happened in Texas, where, where that one uh, apiary that I talked about is treatment-free and has over a 1,000 hives, uh, do some research on Cuba. And we often reject things that are done in those countries. Well, I'm not saying anything is great politically. I'm not trying to support it. I'm just saying it's a fact of what has happened. It's been studied by researchers, and it's been proven to be correct that they do not treat for disease, for varroa, and have the largest resistant bee population on the planet that we know of, including in their feral bees, the bees that live in the wild. So I ask you to think about this situation, if you are a beekeeper. Think about the fact it's going to be painful, because I'm sure this winter we're going to lose a lot of hives as well. But in the long run, the strongest will survive, and we'll have our own, you know, bees that can survive all of these things that keep happening because nature is a beautiful thing and we'll take care of them. We need to back off. We need to forget the influence of um, the companies that produce these products. And we need our governments to read some research. We need them to hire people who are able to understand the research that's out there, particularly the Cuban research, and explain it to us. Tell me why it's you know, against the law in some provinces not to treat for mites when in Cuba they haven't done it for 20 years and the bees are thriving. Tell me how that's scientifically justifiable. Be honest. 
I'm not sure that's possible for many government agencies. I had a government person tell me the other day in a different province that if I should happen to catch or have a swarm choose to live in a, in a box I put on my property, the moment they arrive, I should treat for bites. Sort of borderline required me and kind of threatened me too. So I'm thinking, okay, a hive has lived somewhere. Let's assume it's in a forest and there's a feral hive, which is the only, uh, hopefully, some of the areas I'm thinking about, that would be the only possibility. They live quite happily without all this. Now that they move into a box that happens to be, you know, close enough for me to look at, they now need treatment. You know that's ridiculous. And when things are ridiculous, we generally agree we shouldn't be doing them. So, look at the Cuban stuff. I'm invigorated, but I have to tell you, I'm still a little afraid because I don't have that, you know, little package of thymol in my office that I can pull out should I see floundering bees. It's, but I'm not doing that anymore. It's time to grow up. It's time to leave the home of medication and science and let nature truly do its course. And I'll keep telling you how it's feeling because you, you, you know it's going to be difficult. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Keep your head up regardless of how you keep bees. Congratulations. But please, if, you're, you know, if your bees are all hooked on meds and so on, you can't just suddenly stop if you've been treating your bees. If you choose to gradually change, follow some of the prescriptions that are provided in the you know, Darwinian Bee Black Box program that's quite effective. And if you've got the stomach for it, uh, let's work together to fix this. Have an amazing day. Remember to pick up my latest book, What Grandpa Learned from His Honeybees, the little book to be smart with your money and help the environment on Amazon or Audible. Pick it up today. <laughs>